Welcome to Bases Juiced, presented by PointsBet Sportsbook. I'm the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. Got to break down everything that happened in the last 48 hours over the MLB trade deadline, which ended yesterday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That was Tuesday. There was a no-hitter yesterday in baseball. And, of course, I've got best bets going into tonight's slate of games. Yesterday was an amazing day to be a Houston Astros fan. The Astros not only acquired a pitcher who is a very familiar face in righty Justin Verlander to help this team make another World Series run like they did last year, the Astros lefty from Valdez threw a no-hitter. 93 pitches. Insane. Valdez had a 7-2-9 ERA in July, and Valdez threw the 16th no-hitter in Astros history, the first as a lefty. In fact, the last time that an Astros pitcher threw a no-hitter, it was Justin Verlander. Go figure. Everything comes full circle. There was a combined no-hitter that the Astros threw in between there, yet I don't care about combined no-hitters. I only care about an individual pitcher, like old times, throwing a no-no. Nonetheless, in less than 100 pitches, 93 with 65 strikes, amazing. The no-hitter was the third in the majors this season. Yankees uh, righty Domingo Herman threw a perfect game against the Athletics. The Tigers threw a combined no-no. Again, don't care about the combined no-no. Sometimes I don't care so much about no-hitters either because perfect games are really impressive. Yet Valdez only allowed one base runner in the fifth inning. It was a walk. Then got a a double play right after. Still faced the minimum number of batters you could face in a game. I give Valdez a ton of credit for yesterday. Got those juices blowing because the Astros added to this rotation. And oh my goodness, Rob is walking in. I'm going to do a tribute to you, Rob, in a second. The Astros brought back Verlander, which means that now they've got an extra arm. They got uh, they gave an outfielder, Drew Gilbert, over. Uh, it's the Astros-rated best prospect in the deal going to New York. So the Mets get rid of Verlander and Scherzer. We'll get to Scherzer in a second. But the Astros, they had a really young, deep rotation going into this season, which is why they didn't mind getting rid of Verlander. However, Lance McCullers, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, all three of them got put on the 60-day IL. The Astros do get Arquiti back sometime this month. However, you're down two of your pitchers. It was worth them bringing in... Verlander, again, who signed an $86.7 million deal with the Mets in the offseason. Other teams like the Dodgers, the Orioles, the Braves, the Padres were all reportedly looking into Verlander. Yet I guess that comfortability and all of the World Series, maybe Verlander gets a third ring with the Astros. Third time's a charm, right? The Astros go from plus 100 to minus 125 to win the AL West. That's why this move is more significant than the Mets sending Max Scherzer over to Texas. Even though it was a huge deal and the Rangers needed a number one, Jacob deGrom's on the season-ending IL. You also have Nathan Ivaldi on the 15-day IL. The Rangers in the West were the favorites to win this division prior to all these trades happening. Guess who made their team the favorite to win the division? Justin Verlander. That was the key piece missing to this Astros rotation. Now, granted, Verlander not having the best of a year, neither is Scherzer. They go from teammates to enemies within the division. It's so cool. However, 
I still like that you have a reliable arm who could go six, seven innings and help alleviate some of the stress on the bullpen for both these teams. The Rangers definitely needed someone to do that for them more so with the fourth worst bullpen in baseball. The Astros, they just got better. They didn't help themselves or save themselves in any way. They just got, I mean, I guess help themselves, but they didn't save themselves the way the Rangers did. The Astros just got better. They were already going to get better. The Astros have been a top 10 rotation, bullpen-wise, starting-wise, all season. Their lineup has slowly gotten healthier. Altuve's back. Alvarez is back. Bregman's heating up. Kyle Tucker had a great season so far. The Astros are going to make another run for the World Series. The Rangers, their inexperience and their bad bullpen is going to hurt them down the stretch. It's going to hurt them in the playoffs. The Astros know what they're getting into. That's why you're seeing them drop from plus 850 to plus 750 to win the World Series. I've got a few deals that were my favorites and least favorites. Of course, I have been, as much as as a Yankees fan, I should hate the Astros. The Astros have actually won me over this year. Thought that they stayed at plus 110, plus 120 way too long to win the division. I got that play in. Now you're going to see them favored, and it's going to continue to stay that way. Astros, definitely a winner in this deadline. So are the Rangers for the reasons I named about Scherzer. The Miami Marlins. Them and the Cubs, and I'll get to the Cubs in a second. The Marlins surprised me. They really went all in. They were my surprise team. Definitely a winner. They add a closer in David Robertson, which is going to help them since he was 14 for 17 in save opportunities this year. 205 ERA, 40 appearances. Miami's bullpen has blown seven saves since the All-Star break, which is an MLB high. Miami's one game back in the National League wild card, and they got their bullpen to be better. They already have one of the best hitters in baseball, Luis Arise, who's been hitting above 350 for majority of the season. Now you add an infielder in Jake Berger from the White Sox. Berger slugging 527. The Marlins' third baseman this year are slugging 317, which is ranked 28th in baseball amongst third basemen. They help that position. Now switch hitting first baseman Josh Bell comes over from the Guardians. Not having a great year. He's hitting 233 with 11 homers, 48 RBIs. Yet there's upside with Bell. He had a few great seasons. 2021 in Washington, he hit 27 home runs. 2019 in Pittsburgh, had 37 home runs. Bell can hit those home runs and create that power for Miami. Maybe. Marlins are plus 150 to make the playoffs. Their odds aren't up on points by Sportsbook to win the NL East. However, the Marlins, credit where credit's due, they showed their team that they're willing to buy and go all in for this playoff push. The Cubs acquire third baseman Jamer Condelario. Chicago was one of those teams that was fringe. They could buy, they could sell, didn't know where they were going because they're about five, six games back of a wild card, yet they're four games back of the division. Condelario comes over yesterday and he gets four hits in his debut for Chicago. He played first base in his debut. The Cubs DFA'd Trey Mancini. Shortstop Dansby Swanson hit two of Chicago's seven home runs yesterday. Swanson, 12 of 36 in his last at-bats, five home runs, 14 RBI in 10 games since coming off the IL with a bruised left heel. Cody Bellinger, who was on the trading block, the outfielder is hitting 402 with nine home runs, 27 RBI in his last 33 games. Bellinger stays. After a 7-5 loss to the Nationals on July 17th, the Cubs 
had a six percent a six percent chance of making the postseason. In fourteen games since then, Chicago is eleven and three. They now have a twenty nine percent chance of making the postseason. They've been outscoring opponents one hundred six to fifty eight. That's a plus forty eight run differential. Chicago's the only team in the National League Central that has a positive run differential this season. The Reds, who everyone's obsessed with, minus seven run differential. The Cubs are at plus 67. It's a massive difference. They've been underachieving based on the statistics, the Cubs. The Cubs are 3-1 to one to make the playoffs. Odds haven't moved since the deadline. However, you're going to see this team heat up at the right time. Hope that they go over our 77.5 wins for the win total. Very proud of the Cubs. They didn't sell. They bought. They got better. Another winner, Phillies. Didn't see this one coming. I was nervous for where Detroit was going to send their righty, Michael Lorenzen. I was nervous it was going to be Baltimore. That would have been bad. The Phillies, this is a good fit for them. It adds pitching depth. Lorenzen's been an all-star this year. 3-5 DRA, nine-year vet, third team in three seasons. He's used to the trading block. He had a career 402 ERA as both a starter and a reliever, yet Lorenzen's going to create this six-man rotation for Philadelphia for a team that has bullpen issues to have another solid pitcher, an all-star. It's a win. The Phillies are minus 400 to make the playoffs. Odds are off the board to win the NL East because the Braves are just so far ahead in the race it doesn't matter. The Phillies have a shot at the wild card. They had to get their pitching to be better. Their bats have a ton of names in the lineup. You've got players like Bryce Harper who have come off the IL. You've got Schwarber. I mean, you've got the right names there. You just need those bats to heat up. You need the pitching to be better. It did. Lorenzen was a good add to the back end of this starting rotation in Philly. Another winner on the list, the Tampa Bay Rays. They get their righty Aaron Savali. Savali is another one that he's got an ERA lower than what everyone else surprisingly has in that loaded Tampa Bay rotation. You had Drew Rasmussen lost to the IL. You've got Shane Baz, Jeffrey Springs all on the season-ending IL. There's like a chance for Rasmussen, but I don't think he comes back. Um, this was a good add. He's going to be a number three starter, Savali, because you've, uh, you've got Shane McClanahan. Then you have Tyler Glass now. Then Savali. These, these pitchers can all go six innings, which is going to be really helpful for the Rays down the stretch. Savali 2.60 ERA, dating back to July 8th of last season. He's got a 1.45 ERA in six starts in July. He also, Savali, is more than a rental, earning $2.6 million this season under club control through 2025. The Rays have the second best odds to win the AL East at plus 110, minus 1,600 to make the playoffs. The Orioles still in front of the Rays to win the division. I don't agree, though, after this trade deadline. I'm going to get to the Orioles in a little bit because they're a loser to me at the deadline. The Rays got better. They deserve to be favored. They just need to go back on a little bit of a run and gain some control of the AL East again. The Diamondbacks talked about this one yesterday. The Diamondbacks, it's like a half a win. I wouldn't say that they got better to the point that they could go and make some magical run to win the NL West. Not going to happen. They could slide into the playoffs. Yet getting a righty in Paul Seawald has 
good for them out of the bullpen since the Diamondbacks have been a bottom 10 bullpen this year. Didn't really have a closer. Now they've got one. Seawald won't be a free agent until the end of next year. He's done a good job. 21 saves, 293 ERA this year in 43 innings pitched. Diamondbacks 16-1 to to win the NL West, plus 115 to make the playoffs. They're close. Just have to win that wild card. Losers, both out of the AL East. Go figure, and you know who I'm saving the best for last. Let's start with the Orioles. They acquired the Cardinals' righty Jack Flaherty, who it's not what's going to move the needle. Jack Flaherty is another pitcher just like everyone else in the Orioles' rotation. You got a number three. Way to go. You should have gone out there, gotten a Verlander, gotten a Blake Snell, somebody. Clearly, I know the Padres and the Cubs weren't trading anyone. They weren't selling. There were better options out there than Jack Flaherty. Even Cease, somebody. This was an embarrassment. Baltimore finally had a chance where they could they could actually be a competitor with the Rays in regards to winning the division and winning the World Series. Instead, they don't do anything. They stay the same. I know I got heat on Twitter. Everyone told me, the Orioles have just beaten the Rays in this series. They split the other one. The Orioles can complete. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. The Rays are going to be fine in the playoffs. The Rays know what they're doing in the playoffs. The Rays have so much pitching that they don't. I don't even know where a number two pitcher in Aaron Savali is going to fit into the rotation. Then you get Jack Flaherty to the Orioles? What, Dean Kramer is going to come back from Tommy John and he's going to be your savior? No. The Orioles didn't get better. They stayed the same. It's going to be an issue for them come September and October. I wanted the Orioles to not only make the playoffs, I wanted them to win a playoff series. This rotation's not winning them a playoff series if they're going up against the Rays, the Astros. Honestly, the New York Yankees have a better starting rotation than the Orioles. The Orioles just have a really good lineup and a really good bullpen. They've got Yanir Cano and Felix Bautista. What happens when those two can't pitch because you already used them in game one or game two? Now you've got to pitch those middle games with your middle pitchers. Orioles failed at the deadline. They're still the favorites to win the AL East, plus 105. They were plus 115 prior to the deadline. The biggest losers, more so than the Orioles. The New York Yankees, obviously. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. The Yankees trades for reliever Kanan Middleton. I thought maybe, okay, I'm just out of the loop. I don't No offense to Mr. Middleton. I have diehard Yankee fan friends, people at MLB Network, who were telling me that they had to look up who the Yankees just traded for. Whatever. The Yankees, you deserve this. You drop from plus 100 to plus 320 to make the playoffs. It's an embarrassment. Every time. If George Steinbrenner was watching... If George Steinbrenner was in his office, this everyone would be fired. Gone. The Yankees should have gotten somebody. Make a deal for someone like Cody Bellinger. Someone that brings a little bit of hope to this team. Instead, you sat there and said, you know, we're in last place of the AL East. We're comfortable with where we are. They did what the Braves did. You can't do that. You're not the Braves. The Braves' odds are off the board to win the NL East because they're so freaking good. Your odds just keep getting worse and worse and longer and longer. You haven't done anything to make this team better, New York. The Yankees are terrible. This offense is horrible. It's one of the worst offenses in baseball. I know Aaron Judge is back. Ooh, one batter. Going to make a difference? No. They're in worse position than the Mets. At least the Mets next year, 
you know, they got a few. They got they sold some pitchers. They sold Scherzer. They sho- they sold Verlander. Now you can start over next year. Get some pitching. Hey, maybe the Mets now know they can go try to get Otani. The Mets have some pieces to that lineup that work. The Yankees have saved all these prospects for years. For 10 years, the Yankees didn't go out and get any big names other than Giancarlo Stanton, maybe Anthony Rizzo and DJ LeMay, who have underproduced. Their prospects that they wouldn't give up in any trades at deadlines have not produced anything. They're bad. I love Anthony Volpe. He's so much fun to watch when he gets on base and can steal. Your Yankees base, your your stealer, like he leads the Yankees in steals. Yet he has to get on base. Glaber Torres, I mean, it's a headache. It's a headache. And the Yankees, I don't, this is going to take at least five years to repair. All the damage is done. I'm not even going to say what I would like to say on here because I don't like to trash them that badly. It's a disappointment. I'm going to do something that's going to surprise everyone, though, coming up in the next segment. A pick of mine surprised me, too. Stay here on Basic Shoes. Welcome back to Basic Juice, presented by PointsBet Sportsbook. Time for picks for tonight in baseball. A lot of day games don't really have anything, especially with the way that baseball's been going. Day games are very hit or miss just like all these plays recently. So I'm going to stay away and just go with consistency at night. I'm going to I'm I'm very surprised with me liking this play today. I like looking at numbers, looking at the market, seeing where you're getting value. You're getting value with the Yankees at home with their ace Garrett Cole on the mound. Yankees money line around minus 115. This is this was going to be in memory of our boss man producer Rob who was out for a day and a half but he made a magical recovery and has arrived back here so I'm gonna bet Yankees money line in honor of Rob if it loses it's all Rob's fault that's the win-lose situation here the Yankees righty Garrett Cole he's actually done really well he's three and two with a 2-3-0 ERA in the last 10 starts Allowed three runs or less in that span. The Yankees have won 15 of 22 starts by Cole, yet they're below 500, five games below 500 when anyone else has pitched. In fact, Cole this year has struggled against Tampa. Last season, 107 ERA, no home runs allowed in four games started against the Rays. Tampa's lefty Shane McClanahan, he's their ace, seeking his first win since June 16th. He's had a 6.65 ERA in that span. 1 and 3 with a 3.93 ERA in 7 games against the Yankees, with the Rays losing 5 of those 7. Yankees have a great bullpen. Go Yankees money line, -115 at PointsBet Sportsbook. Oh gosh, I'm either going to like them a little bit more or I'm going to hate them more. Another play is my fishy line of the day. This is the Phillies at the Marlins. Saw overnight this line move about 15 cents in favor of Miami, yet 70% of money coming in on the Phillies. Marlins' money line would be the play, or just stay away and don't bite the, like, or don't don't do the whole, oh, Zach Wheeler's pitching, let me go bet the Phillies at a good price. No, no, no. This is fishy. So either stay away from Philly or bet the Marlins. Miami has momentum. I said it in the A block. I really liked what they did 
They went for first baseman Josh Bell. They got a slugger like Jake Berger in the infield. They've got a closer, or at least a reliever in David Robertson. That's helped this team get better. Some momentum. Hitter's batting average is higher against Wheeler when he's pitching on the road as opposed to when he's at home. Marlins money line. It is a fishy line, I guess pun intended, on the Marlins. Strikeout props, two of them today, starting with my favorite one, the righty Joe Ryan, under six and a half strikeouts at around minus 145 at points bet. Against righties with Ryan's pitch mix, the Cardinals have the sixth lowest K rate in baseball. In order to hit seven or more strikeouts for Ryan, he has to face an average of 32 Cardinals. That's his season high, or excuse me, his season high that he has faced this year is 30 batters. That was in a complete game shutout. Ryan has gone under six and a half Ks in four of seven overall, yet three of four when he's on the road. The Cardinals are averaging just over four strikeouts a game against righty starters, which is 10th lowest K rate against righties in baseball, under six and a half Ks for Joe Ryan tonight. Last strikeout prop, Chicago's lefty Drew Smiley under five and a half Ks. Against lefties, uh, the Against lefties this year with a similar pitch mix to Smiley, the Reds have a 23% K rate, which sounds kind of high. Yet for Smiley, he would have to face about 22 batters. He hasn't faced that many in five of his last six games, and only four of those were starts. He hasn't thrown Smiley more than four innings. You need those outs for strikeouts. Smiley shouldn't be able to face enough batters. Cincinnati, they do strike out more against righties than lefties. That's why this makes sense. Against lefties this year, they're averaging the Reds about four strikeouts, those starters. Two out of the three games on the uh, at home this year did go under for Smiley. Five of seven overall against low K rate teams went under. Under five and a half Ks for Drew Smiley tonight. That's it for us here at Basis Juice presented by Points Bet Sportsbook. I'm the prep queen, Ariel Epstein. See you tomorrow. <laughs>